either one of these any good? Wow, this is a good movie. It's pretty good. Well, the director from yesterday doesn't think so. It stinks. You sorry. You waste all our film. <laughs> it's so bad. If you came here looking for toilet paper, sorry. We do have some hand sanitizer, though. <laughs> we, we got a little bit, don't we? We do. Did you use it? We good? Yeah. All right. And we're ready. Welcome. This is the Screening Room Podcast, and she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf, And we are from MadWolf.com. Glad you're here. And this week, we actually don't have a nothing but the lobby. We actually have one new movie. We do. Yeah, that is uh, opening this week and going, of course, straight to home video. And it is a story of a group of Jewish Boy Scouts who worked with the French Resistance to save the lives of 10,000 orphans during World War II. And it's the story of uh, someone you probably know, but... You don't know this story. It's called Resistance. 123 children. Their parents were just killed by Nazis. We need to train them to survive. What good does it do to teach them fear? I think it's important to help the children laugh in the middle of this war. There's a group in Lyon arming themselves to fight back. We need to find guns, we need to learn how to shoot. Do you really think I could help anyone with a gun? Of course not. Your passports are impressive. Look at this, Marcel Marceau. It's a great name. Welcome to the Resistance. Now the best way really would be to watch this movie without knowing who it's about. But the trailer gives it away Mm. because that makes it more interesting. I do understand why, because otherwise you might just... You might just over... You you might pass it over thinking to yourself, oh, it's another interesting, but how many World War II movies do I need to see? But this, when you know that it's a biopic, you're like, what? Yeah, it's it's a little known. I mean, I've gotten to the age that I am without knowing the fact that before he became... Probably the most famous mime in history. Maybe the only famous mime in history. Shields and Yarnell. Remember them? No. They had their own TV show back in the 70s. Look them up, (laughs) kiddo. They were mimes? Yes. Mimes had a TV show? You could just just turn the sound down and watch all day. This podcast has has really (laughs) gone off the rails, and we're, what, two minutes in because of Shields and Yarnell. (laughs) Woo, showing my age here. Anyway, Marcel Marceau is who this movie was is about. He was a war hero before he became a famous entertainer. That blew my mind. You're, you're watching this movie, or if you just read the synopsis, you think, well, somebody just reimagined this history. No! Even though they take liberties, this really happened. Yeah, he was amazing. a genuine war hero. Incredible. It's an incredible story. And... Well, and also not just because, but, but the way he went about being yeah. a war hero. Yes, Yes, he was part of the French Resistance, and as this movie outlines, part of a group that helped to save thousands of or- of, of young children who were made orphans by the Nazis. Of course. And uh, before, and he's played by Marcel Marceau is played by Jesse Eisenberg, mm-hmm. and it's uh, to me it seemed like the perfect role for him because right. he is he has been good, he is good, but he's he's good in a particular way. Yeah, and this suits it perfectly because early on. He's gentle, he's delicate, he's afraid of his father uh, finding out his ambitions as an entertainer. This is before he got involved in the resistance. And slowly, as the movie goes on, he, he hardens. He, he, he gets to care about these children, not just as a way to impress a woman he likes, but because it's, it's the human thing to do, right. and because he realizes that everybody has been underestimating the Nazis all this time, which is another point of this movie, that it, it doesn't 
hammer it, but it brings it home. Yeah. To the fact that they underestimated them then, and you know what? It's one of those things to easily say, never forget, but sometimes, especially here in the last couple of years, it seems like we have forgotten. Right, right. The writer-director is Jonathan Jakubowicz, or Jakubowicz. I apologize if I, if I didn't get that right. Uh, his feature debut was a few years ago, the Roberto Duran story called Hands of Stone, which that had some problems. Did. This one is much more assured in the story. It's it's full of just passion, you can tell. Mm-hmm. Real passion project and, and a respect to get the story out and a real a real drive to make sure that people like me and, and you and so many people who didn't know this story give him the respect that he deserved yeah. for this this other life that he led before he became such an entertainer. The couple of things that, that struck out to me that maybe were a little misplaced, it, it's really framed around a speech given by General Patton, uh, who's played in a cameo by Ed Harris. And it's it's like General Patton is telling this story of Marcel Marceau's heroism to troops, which I, I get it, he, he, he wants you to to know that someone of the stature of, of General Patton respected these these people, and in particular Marcel Marceau, so much that, well, then, we must, too. I, I get that. But it just it didn't seem needed to me to frame the story that way. But it doesn't sink the movie. I think it, as I said, an incredible story, respectfully done, uh, passionately done, and it, it also makes it cinematically tense. I mean, of course, they're going to take some liberties with, with the truth, and I think a lot of that is in bringing the character of Klaus Barbie, who was, of course, a infamous Nazi figure who was finally tracked down and, I believe, died in prison in, in the 90s. But he uh, comes to personify the real atrocities that the, the Nazis committed, and they end up with a face-to-face meeting between uh, Marcel and, uh, and Klaus Barbie. And whether or not that actually happened, I don't know, but it's played well cinematically here. Mm-hmm. As I said, Jesse Eisenberg, I think, is perfect for this part. His his demeanor and is just the way you know he's just a little bit quirky. He's mm-hmm. a little bit offbeat, and and this type of of character suits him fine. Even though his French accent uh, a little shaky, um, but he's he's not the only right. one. He he really isn't. I think the film and the filmmaker utilizes his performance well. And also, if if you're you're probably already ahead of me here in thinking that oh wait, there's an entertainer, kind of a clown figure, entertaining children in World War II, and you're going, life is beautiful, I get you. But it's clear that the director is going out of his way to avoid that. That kind of sentimentality. and Exactly. Yeah. In fact, I think one of the best things about the movie is how it juxtaposes the touching with the profane. I mean, yeah. just when you have any bit of gentle moments, boom, you are smacked in the face with something horrible, Yeah, which I think is effective here. A lot of times in a movie like that, you might get tonal whiplash, but in the subject matter that we're dealing with here, yeah. I, I think it works yeah. It works perfectly fine. So uh, it has, you know, a couple of bumps along the road, but because it's such a fascinating story that so few people, I imagine, know, um, I think it is definitely worth checking out. Definitely worth checking out. Again, it's uh, Resistance, and it drops on home video this week. And we're actually going to have more of these as studios and especially independent distributors mm-hmm. sort of figure out the uh, shifting landscape at the moment. Uh, I think a lot of the big studios, we, t- we mentioned this last week, they, they cost so much to make right. that the, the big, big pictures, they're going to wait until we can go back into theaters to see them. But right. a lot of the independent films... 
They don't require as much box office to try to recoup what they spent on production, and they can't afford to wait. So we are going to get, I mean, you and I have already watched two. We've got three or four more waiting for us. So we're going to get a handful of really, really good independent films that are going to release directly to VOD. And what's really going to be interesting is in the months ahead, when this is all over, how the model is going to change. Yeah. That's real. I can't. Pre- I can't pretend to know, but it's it's going to be interesting. It is. Uh, we were talking about this last night. Uh, that a lot of businesses will go. You know, once we can all go back out, they will go back to what they were before. Bars, for example, right? Yeah. We're all going to want to go out and have a drink. Right. But I feel like, and I love movies. I love cinema as much as anybody does, more than a lot of people do. But I feel like the idea of uh, enclosing yourself in a tight space on chairs with armrests that hundreds and hundreds of other people have been, I think that that's going, people aren't going to jump right back into that. I mean, I do feel like this is going to change a lot about that sort of shared space, shared surface. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I I worry. I worry for cinemas. Yeah, I think it's going to change a lot of things, a lot of different walks of life. And that could be one of them. And uh, boy, I I hope not. I hope uh, every. Buddy, every theater still survives, but it's going to be interesting as it goes along. But uh, you're right. We're going to look forward to more of these. And in the meantime, before we go to the lobby, do you need a minute to Google Shields and Yarnell? <laughs> I think I'm good. All right. To the lobby. <laughs> Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. All right, starting out in the lobby, let's start with the ones that jumped the line, uh, as you say, and going right to home video much, much earlier than they would have for obvious reasons. And uh, the first one of Birds of Prey, I think it's now called Harley Quinn in Birds of Prey, because when it first came out, it didn't get the audience while the theaters were still open that they thought it would. And they, I don't know, they tried to change the title. Maybe that'll help. I don't know why people didn't go. I thought it was a blast. Yes. No, totally agree. And and neither one of us had any interest, you especially, in seeing it based no. on the trailer. So if you stayed away because of the trailer, don't let the trailer keep you away. It's a really fun, very well put together, definitely R-rated action movie. And one of the things that's most impressive about it, although there are many things that are, the action sequences. And, and you can find, if you Google it, there are a whole bunch of videos of... Most of those were filmed in real time, and most of them did not have stunt doubles. It yeah. was the it was the performers themselves who were doing some of those sequences, and they are awesome. awesome. And you know, not only are the performers very impressive, the camera guys, because there's the one great Mary Elizabeth Winstead kind of sliding down the slide, beating the hell out of somebody. There was a guy with a camera in front of him sliding backwards. Yeah. yeah. So that's the other thing to look up, and hopefully, when this is finally out on DVD, those will be some of the extras. But you can find a lot of the sequences being filmed, and it's super cool. You're right. I had zero interest in this because I thought Suicide Squad was such a snoozer, um, and this one, happy to say, is not oh, not no. at all. So if you missed it, we're, we're not interested when it was in the theaters. I get it, but uh, now it's here now on home video. We definitely recommend it. We thought it was just a lot of fun. The one that was just in theaters a couple of weeks ago, Bloodshot, is now making its way to home video. And this one, I think, is really just for the fans of the comic book. And I have since learned that it is a hugely popular comic book series. So uh, logic would dictate that it has a big built-in audience. Uh, So there you go. You want to check it out. Other than that, not being comic book people, 
Uh, we didn't really find much of interest uh, in the movie other than some of the visual scenes. Some of the visuals are pretty snazzy, uh, although they do look like extended video game sequences because the filmmaker has a lot of experience coming from visual effects in video games, right. and it, it kind of shows. But still, some of them are quite impressive just as a story and really as a character. There's just not a lot here to, to get a hold of. Uh, so uh, if, you, if you're a fan of the comic book, though, get into it, and that is Bloodshot. Also, jumping the line, moving to home video this week, Guy Ritchie's latest, The Gentleman. I thought it was fine. It's a, it's one of those where you almost need subtitles, subtitles. for some of this, <laughs> this banter, this English banter, but it's all sorts of double-crossing. It's got a great, a, a great cast, led by Hugh Grant, and you've got Colin Farrell and Charlie Hunnam and Matthew McConaughey, and there's always who is stealing from who and where are the drugs hidden and what's going on, and Matthew McConaughey wants to sell his entire drug operation, but, oh, who's, who's double-crossing him? And uh, it gets pretty involved. It is fun. Some of its humor, to me, thought it was a little toned down. That's the thing. I feel like this movie would have been great in 95. Yeah, it does seem to have a, a 95 feel about it, but still... Definitely, if you're at home, I think it's it's worth checking out. You'll probably have a good time with it. If you if you know Guy Ritchie, you know what kind of style he has. This is more in line with that, uh, what you expect from him. And, uh, yeah, it it's definitely has some fun to it. Ben Affleck's latest comes out this week as well. The Way Back, him playing a basketball coach, uh, has gone through some personal demons. And apparently this was the movie where he went through some personal demons as well, trying to get this thing done, but it's the same director he worked with in The Accountant. Yeah, Gavin O'Connor, and um, and and it's another movie that just, it came out right when the whole, everything closed down, and it didn't get a shot at really any kind of a marker, which is too bad, because it's not a bad movie. Right, and he gives an impressive performance. You can tell... As he did, I think, for The Accountant. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly right. You, you, you can tell that he put a lot of himself into it, mm-hmm. literally and figuratively, I think, because of it mirrors some of the demons that he was going through, that his mm-hmm. character went through, and that probably came out in his performance. So uh, The Way Back is out this week. Also, the latest faith-based movie, I Still Believe, comes out on home video. Yeah, is another one that jumped the line, and one that, you know, we weren't that impressed by, but you know, it's an inspirational story that's going to, I think, appeal to a very specific audience. Mm-hmm, as a lot of these films do. On Hulu is one of our favorite movies from last year. Didn't get nearly enough accolades come awards season as it should have. And that is Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Yeah, you know, and we don't normally talk about the stuff that makes the leap to, you know, streaming services that you get for free. But this was one of those. They dropped it today as a big surprise. And we just want to say thank you, Hulu. Yeah, especially if you are graced with a big screen, because one of the many things about this story is the cinematography. It's so gracefully done. It almost sneaks up on you because it's not the kind of story that, you would think, oh, I'm going to just blow your eyeballs out with the cinematography. But the landscapes and how it's shot, even inside the interiors, yes, too. Yes, absolutely. Um, it's really, it's it's a fantastic bit of cinematography and storytelling and acting. Yeah. Uh, all around, all around. We loved it. Also, we got a few coming out on their normal VOD schedule. Right. And that is led by another one of our favorites from last year, 1917. And you know what? Another one that would look great on a big screen. Oh, yes. I mean, people think of it as being, you know, like you, like you have said before, trickery. Oh, look, let's see where we can find the cuts. But the thing is, it's not just that. It does look amazing. I mean, it's a gorgeous film. Yes, it looks fantastic. And I, I do realize some people weren't weren't buying it. In fact, one of the other writers on MadWolf.com, Matt Wiener, who I, I respect his yeah, he's, opinion yeah, he's very a good lot. Critic. 
he thought it was a total gimmick and just <laughs> and just didn't buy into it. Well, okay, I I totally did. I mean, it had me just from the opening minutes because it it really makes you feel a part of these two soldiers and their journey. It puts you right there. And so many times, it seemed to me the camera movements were all ballet like. Yeah. And again, with incredible cinematography by who else but Roger Deakins. Right. 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 Uh, I thought it was an, just a, a really fantastic bit of filmmaking and storytelling. Uh, loved, 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 and I know you agree, uh, loved 1917, mm-hmm. which is out. Uh, Clemency comes out this week, and that one boasts a, a performance that I was a little surprised. If, if Alfre Woodard would have gotten nominated for an Oscar for this role, I would not have been surprised. Right. And it's an interesting approach because she's a warden in a facility that does deliver the death penalty. And normally that's a very unusual uh, approach for a film to take it through the point of view of the warden. And for and her performance is absolutely stunning. And of course, she's she's got a full career of great performances. Yeah. But this is this is the high watermark for one of really the, the most proven talents out there. Yeah. And even though it's a small role, Aldous Hodge, who's so play, good, plays oh the, my God. the main inmate that she gets involved with in, to, in a, an emotional standpoint that really drives her to to reassess everything. Uh, he's, he's in a small part. He's really great. Uh, and that is Clemency. The Grudge, the latest reboot of The Grudge oh, is out. so disappointing. Boy, was that disappointing. Wow. Just a mess. And it not, was just it wasn't, a mess. It wasn't just disappointing because it was a mess. It was disappointing because it, Nicholas Pesci made it. And he made Eyes of My Mother a few years ago, which was one of our favorite horror films of that year. Loved it. Just a glorious movie. Just really nothing about it worked. This one... Smack to me like one of those where just along the way they just said, "Look, slap this together and get it out," because it came out what early in the year. Yeah. Um, so right away, you're you're thinking it's got all those strikes against it earlier in the year. PG thirteen horror. It just had a stink about it before mm-hmm. you even saw it. It just, I, I don't know. That's what happened. Right. But it just seemed like who who edited this thing. First of all, they just wanted to get it done. And boy, is it non scary. It's not tense. It's not. It's anything. It, what it is is terrible. It is. Looking forward to next week. We've got another one of those, like you were talking about. Yes, we watched uh, it last is, night. Yeah, that is coming. It's a brand new movie opening straight to uh, home video, and it's called The Other Lamb. Yeah, very interesting. Mm-hmm. Also, a little movie called Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, did you miss that one? You probably <laughs> didn't, but you can get it for yourself again next week. Yes, exactly right. So we'll find a, a new way to uh, make the fanboys mad at us because... <laughs> We not only like The Last Jedi, but we also like The Rise of Skywalker. Right. Somehow we liked them both. Also next week, The Current War. Current as in electrical currents. It's the race between uh, Thomas Edison and George Westinghouse. So we'll talk about that next week. And Sonic the Hedgehog. That's right. Jim Carrey, Sonic, who got <laughs> redesigned after some uproar, speaking of the fanboys. And actually, I think that one turned out because he didn't look too bad. But uh, all those we'll talk about next week. In the meantime... What do you got this week? What are you binging at home? What are you watching at home? Let us know. And uh, what you thought about any of this week's offerings, you can always find us, easy enough, on Twitter. And that is Mad Wolf, at Mad Wolf, M-A-D-D-W-O-L-F, on Facebook and Instagram. It's Mad Wolf Columbus. And the main website for all of our written reviews and our other horror movie-only podcast, if you like the horror, come on over to Fright Club. You can find that at madwolf.com. So hope you're staying healthy. Hope you're staying safe. And we always appreciate when you stop by the screening room. If you would do us a favor, 
and subscribe, rate, and review. We would appreciate it. Yes, just let us know. We'll try to find you some toilet paper. Until <laughs> next week, then, she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf. And this is the Screening Room Podcast. See ya. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. Bye.